Welcome, one and all. Gather round, gather round. This is At Odds. I'm Adam. My name is Jared. And if you're like us, you've been betting on baseball, UFC, golf, horse racing, anything else that you could possibly get your hands on for the past, I don't know how long, but it ends tonight. Tonight we get to rejoice because the NFL is back. And that's actually where we come in, Jared and I. Um, We're going to give you our takes, our analysis on exactly how we think we can take advantage of the spreads, over-unders, lines, and really take Vegas to school. So a quick disclaimer off the top here at At Odds. Um, Of course, all betting is based on hypothetical. We don't assume any responsibility based on betting laws in your area or, of course, on winning or losing. Um, Hopefully, we've got a lot more winning, Jared, this season than we've got losing. Um, What do you think about that? I think that's a good strategy to go for. Yeah. So early on here, this is our pilot episode of At Odds, a quick look behind the curtains as to what we're going to go through. Jared and I feel pretty confident about three games apiece. So those are going to be our take it to the bank locks of the week. We're going to go through a rapid fire. So we make sure we cover every team you might want to even think about looking into this weekend. And of course, at the very end, we got a little surprise because we know why everybody's listening. They want to make themselves an awesome parlay so they can show all their friends their bet slip about how they only bet a couple bucks and turned it into whatever. But I think we'll just rip the Band-Aid off, go straight off the top, Jared, our locks of the week. You want to take game one away? Yeah, I can start us off. So my first lock of the week also happens to be uh, Adam's lock of the week. So we may spend a little more time on this. We may be a little biased. Who knows? We're both from the Michigan area. So surprise, surprise. My first lock of the week is the Detroit Lions covering a two-and-a-half-point spread against the or at the Arizona Cardinals. So a couple of the key points that I see with this game are, first off, the number itself. 2.5 to me, maybe this sounds stupid, but it's almost a toss-up. Because if you look at games and uh, point spreads that most games end in, less than 10% of games end with less than three points. So essentially, if a team's going to win a game, they're going to win by three points or more. So that Mm. number doesn't really bug me at all. Wow, okay. Now, why are the Lions going to win this game after such an abysmal season last year? Well, (laughs) Cardinals were even worse than the Lions so the one thing that's a key to me is everybody's getting super hyped up about Kyler Murray for good reason he was a great college quarterback he looks to have a lot of potential but it's pretty rare that college quarterbacks come in and are just hit the ground running we've we've been a little spoiled recently with Mahomes I know technically it was his second year but he was basically a rookie he kind of came out the gate same with uh Baker Mayfield looked pretty good but most most quarterbacks take some time to warm up and I think Kyler Murray especially with a new head coach trying to implement a new offensive system will definitely take a little bit of time to get rolling they also have a horrible offensive line there you go Kyler Thank Murray, you. I was hoping you would mention it yeah and that's going to do no benefit to a quarterback who came from the big 12 nothing against the big 12 but he's used to playing against teams that don't play defense again we've been spoiled lately with Mahomes and Mayfield but outside of that there's not many big 10 or big 12 quarterbacks that are starting in the NFL unless you look way back at maybe a few of those older guys who are still hanging in there. But of recent quarterbacks, not a lot are coming out of that Big 12, especially because they're not used to playing a real defense. That brings me to my next point <clears throat> with that uh, horrible offensive line. They're going to be going up against the Lions defensive line, which I think is probably the most one of the least talked about or underrated lines in the uh, NFL nowadays. They were decent last year with uh, Snacks Harrison clogging up the middle, and they also added Mike Daniels very recently and the dominant edge rusher in Trey Flowers. And again, you have Sean Robinson. Even though he looks 50 years old, don't let him fool you. <laughs> the young athletic guy 
who can definitely get the job done. So he's going to be Kyler Murray's going to be running for his life. I really would be shocked to see him have a uh, outstanding performance. I don't know if you have any input or no. to that. No, I mean you you covered pretty much everything that I wanted to say almost. You got a lot of ammunition there in that in that pick. Here's the thing. You're right, we are a little biased with the Lions. And the only thing that scares me is looking back at the start of last season. I don't know if you guys can remember. Detroit Monday night football opens the season at home against Sam Darnold, the rookie in the Jets. And we know how that went. They the Jets walked all over the Lions. It wasn't even uh it wasn't even a contest, actually, outside of the first maybe few moments of the game. That scares me a little bit in this game, but it doesn't take away from the fact that the Lions outmatch the Cardinals in just about every category. The Cardinals have an abysmal O-line, just like you said, and the Lions maybe have the best D-line in the NFL, certainly a top five D-line if coached properly and the scheme fits well. But more than that, the Lions have a team. They have Matthew Stafford, who's been running the offense for over a decade now, whereas on the other side of the ball, you've got Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury, who have not combined to coach and quarterback zero snaps in the NFL. I just don't see the Cardinals getting it done, especially two and a half. Like you said, I love that number. If it was something like Lions four and a half or five and a half, I might be a little more weary. But even if it's a Matt Prater field goal at the end of the game to take a three-point lead, which could be likely with how the Lions play football, I just expect the Lions to... uh show that they're the more experienced team and more ready for the situation, hopefully, than uh, than the Arizona Cardinals are. But that kind Couldn't of segue. Agree more. Yeah, right. One, so one more quick point, though, that I sure. really like that you made that actually is a note that I wrote down is that start the Lions head last year. I think this is Patricia's most important game because he doesn't want to repeat it last year. He doesn't want to exactly. be known as the, the new guru head coach that's supposed to come take a, a fringe playoff team to the Super Bowl and he gets blown out by a rookie quarterback in their first game, and then he comes back his second year and does the same thing. I think he's putting more eggs into winning this first game and getting the team started, started off hot than he is any other game. Whether it's yeah. a good strategy or not, we'll see. But I think yeah. he's, he's going to be ready for this game so he doesn't get snuck up on again. That's a, that's a good point, given how unprepared they were for week one of last year. Hopefully they uh, don't make that mistake again. Four Lions betters, of course, at the minus two and a half. So game two of my lock of the week, I'm all over the Jets on the Bills. Minus three spread to this game. I absolutely love it. I love the offseason that the Jets have had. They got Adam Gase, a quarterback-friendly system in place there in New York. Sam Darnold hopefully has another year to mature. And, of course, you cannot overlook the addition of Le'Veon Bell. That is going to change their offense. He's... Now, not only the best running back on that team, but he's probably the best receiver on that team as well. So when you add a dynamic player like that to the offense and you have guys like Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder also added, I think that the offense for the New York Jets is going to look a lot better than it did last year. And they even added Quinn and Williams, who I think is the number one player in this year's draft uh, on that interior D line, which is going to cause some troubles. Josh Allen relied a lot on his feet last year. So if he's under pressure, he might be taking his eyes off downfield. Also, the Bills are most likely going to be relying on their rookie running back, Singletary, and Gore out of the backfield, as opposed to now having also LaShawn McCoy there. So uh, I think the Bills are maybe not that far off of the Jets, but I think the Jets are pretty dynamic. And this week one means a lot to Le'Veon Bell coming back for having played for – 
or for not having played, excuse me, for a very long time. So I, I'm all over the Jets at minus three there for my, for my game too. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I did see, I, I think Le'Veon was commenting he's ready for 50 touches a game. 50 touches and, a game. I mean, if, if that's what it takes to get it done, I guess he's ready for it. Um, I, I guess for this game, it's the one I'm kind of staying away from. If I did have to pick, I would probably take the Jets. I think they're two pretty even teams. Uh, but I, I'd, I'd give the home field advantage to the Jets. Exactly, uh, yeah. They got the home field as well. I didn't even mention that. The, the one thing that worries me a little bit is the Jets did, or the Jets, the Bills had one of the best, if not the best, pass defenses in the league last year. A lot of people would not recognize that, but if you look up statistically, they were very hard to pass against. And Darnold, I think, is definitely a breakout candidate for this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that matchup works. I do think Le'Veon will help up help open up the passing lane last year Darnold had I, I don't even remember Elijah McGuire and was Matt Forte even around then I, I can't remember he, he had no threat in the back to help wasn't wasn't your homeboy Isaiah Crowell on the team oh yeah the crow the crow <laughs> so, so at least move us now into your second lock of the week okay well, like I said I, I would lean Jets too I'm just not very confident in that one yeah. So my second lock of the week uh, is the Chargers and Colts game. It kind of depends on the line you're looking at, but most I've seen have the Chargers running around minus six and a half. Um, this one to me really comes down to quarterback play. Surprised with Andrew Luck being gone. <clears throat> I think a lot of people are being very quick to uh, hype Jacoby Brissett. He all of a sudden is getting major contracts from the Colts and they're resigning him and people are talking about, oh, the Colts are still going to be good. I don't think they're going to be bad, but Let's look at what Jacoby Brissett's done. I believe he was out of North Carolina State. He didn't do a whole lot in college, so he doesn't give us any reason. He's some protege that we've all been waiting to see. It'd be a little bit different if he was the the next Brett Favre or so-and-so who's just been sitting as a backup waiting to get his chance. Uh, he did actually get his chance in 2017, and he went uh, a solid 4-12. Now, I think he only started 15 of the games, so maybe he would have gone 5-11 and 11 if he got to start all of them. Regardless, he wasn't bad, but he's not elite. The second point that this brings me to is the Chargers, I think, are an elite team. I know they're missing Melvin Gordon, but I think they're 4-0 last year without Melvin Gordon. They're a team that relies very heavy on the pass attack, and they can just plug and chug any running back they want with that backfield. Um, so I really look to them to be a star team. It, 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 it's more so the Chargers really than the Colts. Again, Jacoby Brissett seems like a good person. I wish the best for him. But it's tough to come in, and he's got some big shoes to fill. Not only does he have to fill them on two weeks' notice, he has to fill them on the road on two weeks' notice. Now, I know the Chargers maybe don't have the best home crowd. People have been a little questioning the uh, L.A. fan support. But he's sleeping in a hotel. He's traveling around on the bus. He's not in his home. He was getting ready to be a backup and just kind of coast like, uh, what's that Blue Mountain State guy, Alex? And, uh, Alex Moran. Next, next thing you know, there's a there's even a gif of it online where Andrew Lux talking to Jacoby Brissett on the sideline says, hey, I'm retiring. So better be ready to lead this team in 11 days. So I think everybody's a little shocked in the Colts, and it's going to take them a little bit of time to kind of get things going. Again, I don't think they'll be terrible. I, I could see them winning six, seven games, but the, the Chargers are not a team to get started. So I love that that's your lock of the week because I actually, it's not my lock of the week, but I have the Colts covering that spread uh, at six and a half. I like that because the Colts were a dark horse Super Bowl favorite before Andrew Luck went out, obviously because of Andrew Luck. But if you look at teams, no team wins the Super Bowl 
be just because of a quarterback. It's because of the team they have. So if you go from a Super Bowl favorite and you lose one guy, obviously a Pro Bowl, all pro quarterback in Andrew Luck, that doesn't put you at the the bottom of the league. Now, maybe the Colts are the worst team in the league. I don't really know. But I find it hard to believe that Jacoby Brissett is going to be such a big drop off that he's just going to be a name to forget. I think that he's going to be decent. And I think the Colts actually have a decent team with Darius Leonard making that defense a whole different optic to look at because of how well he can cover the field from left to right. I do like the Colts to cover this actually at six and a half because the chargers don't really even have a home field. You said that Uh, they're in LA, you know, maybe what 25,000 people are going to be at the game. Who knows? So it's bare. It's like a neutral field essentially. So I actually like the Colts to cover there. Uh, Not because Jacoby Brissett's amazing or anything or not because the uh, chargers are terrible. Terrible, but the Chargers are going to be missing Melvin Gordon, Derwin James is hurt, and then Russell Okun. Maybe their biggest issue is missing their left tackle. Who knows if he's going to be back for even week two or three, let alone week one. So uh, I like the Colts at that plus six and a half, actually. I mean, I respect the take. It's, it's good to get some uh, parity here so we're not agreeing on everything. The one thing, though, I got to ask you is how are they going to stop Phillip Rivers from throwing the ball 30 feet in the air and uh, – Mike Williams going up without even trying and snagging it. Yeah, uh, well, Mike Williams is your boy. I'll give I'll give you that. We'll see if he has a breakout season. You got a lot riding on uh, that that Mike Williams take. But when it comes down to it, no game gets me more excited. There's not a better lock of the week to me to take to the bank than the Texans Saints plus seven. And I've got the Texans covering that. Now, Jared, I actually first heard the phrase from you, amateurs bet on teams, pros bet on the numbers. And as I sit here, I'm actually looking at a poster of Deshaun Watson. So I'm not necessarily betting on the team here. You're like high school crush or something. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not, I'm not betting on the team here, even though I do love Deshaun. I do love the Texans team. I love the numbers of this game. Listen to this. There are four games that have a touchdown seven point or more spread based on uh, the odds from Caesar Sportsbook that we found on ESPN. Of those four games, every single matchup includes a team that made the playoffs last year and a team that did not make the playoffs last year, except for the Texans at the Saints. Those were two playoff teams last year. So every other touchdown or more spread is between a team that made the playoffs last year and a team that did not make the playoffs, whereas this game is between two playoff teams. I don't see it getting out of hand. Seven points is a lot to cover in the NFL. There was a statistic last year that Deshaun Watson had never lost a game by more than a touchdown in his entire career. Now, granted, I saw that statistic, and that game he actually lost by more than a touchdown. I think it was when they played the Colts. Um, but one game in his whole career, more than a seven-point spread, basically. I love the odds. I love the numbers on that game. And I like the Saints. I think they're a Super Bowl team, but I like the Texans. And seven points is a lot in the NFL to cover. I got to respect that. To be honest, um, when you told me this was one of your locks of the week, just fair warning, we we tell each other ahead of time what our locks are just so we can kind of know what games we're going to focus on. Our rapid fire is a complete mystery to each other. I was a little shocked when you picked it because at first I was leaning on the Saints. And. I think the Saints are one of those teams that's a fan favorite, but people don't pay a lot of attention to. They seem, I could be wrong, but they seem to kind of start out seasons a little bit slow. 
and they kind of start really firing on all cylinders once you get later into the season. I think it's partly the way that offense works. Once Drew Brees is firing on all cylinders, he's got his chemistry going. They get some like Camara warmed up. It was Ingram years before that. That's when they can really start turning it on and beating teams. But I don't know if you remember last year they came out uh, and was it Mr. Fitz Magic just kind of shocked the world and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm just. I, I think the Saints will win this one, but like you said, with that number being seven, I, I don't think the Saints are going to blow them out. So, worst case, to win by a touchdown, you at least get a push out of it. So, if I had to take a side, I'd probably take the Texans. But I, I like the Saints to win the game, but I like the Texans with the points. I actually kind of like the Texans to win the game, too. But, you know, uh, I'll take the touchdown if I can get it. But the last lock of the week is your lock. Uh, I've got my three out. Your third one is? So, my third one... I'll be honest, there's a lot a lot less of a lock than uh, <laughs> one. This is kind of like in high school when you set your code on your locker so you can just come pop it open without doing anything. That, that's hey, three, lock, but. <laughs> three locks are tough to come up with. It's, oh, yeah. They're tough. So, since you guys are waiting for it, I actually am taking the Steelers at plus five and a half to the Patriots. Another game where I think the Patriots are going to win the game, but I like the Steelers with the points. And the reason is, from a matchup standpoint, they both kind of have similar things going on. They've lost some key players, uh, some, some of their key offensive players. Uh, more of almost like a mental kind of just what's going on in the organization to me that's going to make the difference. Patriots, not always a huge fan of it, but I think there is something in the Super Bowl hangover. Tom Brady's been out, you know, jumping off cliffs, ripping his daughter into the water upside down. <laughs> but it, I'm sure Ben and Juju have been – mindset ready to go after choking away last season so while they're out there practicing trying to ignore ab talking about how he hates them and all this and tom brady's trying to drown his daughter all that <laughs> these guys are hard at work to try to uh make up for what happened last year and even though they have lost a lot of key players people keep mentioning Le'Veon bell i mean uh, if you didn't notice he didn't play last year so they didn't really lose him sure he's not on the team anymore but he didn't do anything connor looked great last year Jalen Samuels looked like a, a great complimentary back for when Connor needs to come out of the game or if he were to get injured. Juju, he may not be Antonio Brown, but he definitely looks ready to take on the wide receiver one role. Yes, they're losing maybe the best receiver in the league, but they're getting probably a top 10 receiver who seems to at least care about getting more than a touchdown and 11 catches a game. He seems to want to win, not just put up stats. And then they replaced Juju basically with Moncrief, who I think Moncrief has kind of gotten the the opposite of the benefit of the doubt. He, he looked good coming out early, but then he ran into issues where Andrew Luck got injured. Moncrief himself was injured. And then, he, what a lucky man, he went and played with Blake Bortles for a while. So he, he hasn't had a lot of great opportunities besides very early in his career where he did both season. Now, I'm not saying he's a breakout, he's going to have 1,200 yards, but when Juju's uh, stealing away all the top coverage, he could easily be catching uh, some passes. And people are forgetting about James Washington. He was a stud in college. People had him as one of the top receivers coming out. Had a pretty bad last year, but, I mean, it's a rookie year as a receiver when you're behind A.B. and Juju. There's only so much you can do. So they got some good potential. They got Vance McDonald, who is pretty solid tight end. So I think the Steelers really are coming from a revenge factor for choking away last year. Patriots, I mean, Tom Brady's losing his right-hand man, Gronk, who's off doing WWE or whatever he's doing now. That was kind of a safety net he could rely on. They do still have Edelman. They got Josh Gordon, but Josh Gordon has been there for, what, a couple weeks at most, so it's Chemistry's probably not fully there yet. I guess they did sign Demarius Thomas, dropped him, signed him again. So who knows if he's even there, if he's not, if he's at home. But I guess he'll probably be on the field. 
I just think the Patriots will start a little slow. I do expect them to win the game, maybe even pull ahead late, and then the Steelers come with a back door to cover it. But I don't see the Patriots running away with this one. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you on that. It's I've actually got the Steelers covering as well, five and a half. Slightly different reasoning. Um, a Super Bowl hangover, you mentioned. The Patriots just tend to start slow. Do you remember we're on to Cincinnati, as Bill Belichick would say, or last year since we're Detroit fans, we can remember Detroit rolling and beating the brakes off the Patriots last year um, in primetime football when the Lions were looking like toast against the inferior opponents in the league. We rolled the Patriots. So I think the Patriots take some time to figure it out because Bill Belichick has a plan for the end of the year and not the beginning of the year. And he doesn't want to give the entire NFL and the Steelers a look at their whole playbook at week one. You know, if they can skate out of there with a three point victory, or even if they lose the game, how often do the Patriots start the season? You know, eight, nine and oh, almost never. There's always turmoil around week five or six. And everybody starts talking about, is this the Patriots year? They fall off, blah, blah, blah. And then they put it together at the end of the year, kind of like Jared, you were saying about the saints, but I just like exactly what you said about the revenge mindset of the Steelers because they choked away last year. I think they want to prove that A.B. was the problem, not them. Um, James Conner is going to be in his second year. I think the defense is going to be very improved with the addition of Devin Bush kind of filling that Ryan Shazier speed line backer role and just like I said earlier comparing him to Darius Leonard that's kind of the new norm of the NFL I like what the Steelers have I almost like the Steelers to win this game believe it or not um but definitely if you're going to give me five and a half points I'll take five and a half against week one Bill Belichick and the Patriots when they always seem a little out of sorts still putting it together couldn't agree more well I took them yeah so um not a whole lot of parody there we have one game we disagree on but the locks of the week we put a lot of time into and they're the locks of the reason a lot of people like those games now we can segue into our unless you had anything else to say on the locks of the week no i'm good to uh, hose you down and some rapid <clears throat> fire here i'll be so now that, rapid that fire. bank account so for everybody who's waiting to hear anything about their team sorry if we haven't covered them so that's the whole point of the rapid fire here we don't want to keep you guys for an hour and a half and detail every single game but Please give a quick take on some of these remaining games. Um, we'll go ahead and start off with the Thursday night game. Actually, in about an hour and a half or so, I believe it starts. So we probably won't have the podcast up in time. So you guys can either accuse us of liars if we both get it right, or if we get it wrong, then you'll know we're honest. So I don't know, Adam, do you want to start us off with Packers and Bears? We have Bears at minus three. Yeah, sure. I like uh, the pack here at plus three. Uh, I think it's kind of a trendy bet. You know, Aaron Rodgers coming back from a down season. Um, Trubisky showed some question marks early on last or, uh, sorry, not early on, but late last season as they kind of had an elite defense, still looking for a quarterback. I do love the bears team, but I like the packet plus three here on the road. I think, uh, Aaron Rodgers has something to prove here, even though it's just week one. Okay. I actually, am going to go with the bears on this one. This is one I've gone back and forth on. I actually thought Packers to start, but I don't know. I think it's going to be a shootout. The Bears will do their best to hold Aaron Rodgers down. I just, I think they'll slow him down enough to be able to skate away with the win. Again, that minus three. If it were minus four, I'd probably go Packers, but I'll take the Bears. Um, Falcons at Vikings. Vikings minus four. 
Uh, I'll take the Falcons plus four on this one. Uh, similar reason. I think Matt Ryan is, is out to prove something. Julio Jones is a little questionable for game one with the foot and contracts issue going on. I don't know. I just saw that headline today. But with Devontae Freeman coming back, they've got a healthier defense than last year, even though they still have suffered some injuries. The Vikings, I just don't love their team. You know, everybody says they're a Super Bowl favorite. They're or a Super Bowl contender, I should say, not favorite. But I don't know. I'm just not in love with the team. Uh, I think the Falcons can easily cover four here. What about you? Uh, I actually think the Vikings could win, but I'm going to take the Falcons with that four-point spread. I think it's going to come down to the last minute. Again, should be on the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. We both went to Michigan State. Uh, I think he's good, but he's a gunslinger. And these Vikings kind of almost remind me of the Lions back a couple years ago when they could put up points like crazy, but they didn't seem to have the right formula to win games. They just score and hope the other team doesn't score as much. Yeah. Um, on to the Ravens-Dolphins. I guess I can start us off with this one. So this one, I don't like to choose it. As we've seen, Fitzpatrick is prone to be the best quarterback in the league probably three games a year, and you just don't know which three those are going to be. Lately, they've tended to be the first couple games in the year. He scares me a little bit. I expect him to be out of the job probably week six, just like we're used to seeing. But is, I think I'm going to go the Dolphins. I think the Ravens will cover or win the game, but – they, they, they tend to run more of a running offense with that running quarterback and Lamar Jackson. They like to pound the ball, especially with Ingram now. They have some questions at wide receiver. I just expect them to win the game, but in a grind it out, run the ball, lower scoring, Fitzpatrick will score enough to keep the game close. I think the Dolphins will cover six and a half. I don't, I don't know this Fitzpatrick guy you talk about. All I know is Fitzmagic. In the money man fits magic, but uh, actually, I like the Ravens to cover at minus six and a half here. Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, you know, that run game, I think, is just going to take a toll on the Dolphins. Maybe they'll be there early in the game, but I I see the Ravens getting ahead of this, maybe with a you know, 10 or 15 point win, just because I don't see the Dolphins stopping them too much. They don't have many playmakers on defense or offense for that matter. All right. Chiefs at Jags. So this one's an interesting one to me. Um, I think I'm going to take the Chiefs. I'm not very confident. There's something to me about, I think Mahomes is definitely, he's definitely the real deal. But sometimes people catch teams off guard. Andy Reid got a little lucky. And two years ago with Alex Smith, they had Tyreek Hill kind of come out of nowhere as a superstar. People weren't ready for him. This year they tried to get ready for Tyreek, or last year, sorry, they tried to get ready for Tyreek Hill. Now there's Mahomes to worry about. Finally, they have a year without a lot of moving pieces, and a good defense can probably game plan for them. The Jags are a defense that can do that, especially with Tyreek. Apparently, he's beaten everybody. Who knows if he's beaten his own teammates, but there might be some off-the-field off chemistry issues there. But I, I still probably want to lean the Chiefs. It's really hard for me to start picking against the Chiefs this early. Yeah, I got the Chiefs all the way here. This this was actually almost my my one of my locks of the week. Uh, I think Vegas is trying to trick us a little bit here. You know, whenever they have a Chiefs, you think is a big should be a big favorite over the Jags. It gives me pause to concern, uh, but you know I like the Chiefs. I like their offense. Nick Foles, their first time ever under center. Who does he have at playmakers besides Leonard Fournette? You know you got some question marks all over the field there. Obviously the defense should be outstanding, but I just don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs win by something you know like a touchdown. Maybe the Jags will have a drive late when they're down by ten or. You know, seven, but I don't think they're going to figure out a way to to close the gap 
especially with only a three po- three and a half point spread. I think that's actually pretty generous. I like the Chiefs there. All right. You want to take us away with Rams at Panthers? Rams minus two and a half? Yeah, I like Rams minus two and a half all day here. Uh, I say this actually while wearing my black and gray and white Cam Newton jersey that you got me a few years back. So uh, in celebration, I'm wearing it for the first day of the NFL season today because it's my favorite jersey. So thank you. But uh, I can't stick with the Panthers on this with Cam offseason surgery changes his throw motion. Uh, I love the progression that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel will be making as a wide receiver duo, but the Rams Super Bowl, who has more to prove this season than the Rams? Todd Gurley question marks off his knee. They put up a a terrible game in the Super Bowl. I think Sean McVay wants to show the world that he's still the coach. The Rams are still a team to be reckoned with. I love the Rams at minus two and a half here. So a Cam Newton jersey, a Sean Watson poster, a Lions fan. You sound like Drake over here. You got so many teams you're rooting for. Hey, how um, many How many of those teams have won a Super Bowl in the past decade? I can't be a bandwagon fan when all those teams kind of suck, except for the Panthers did have a great year that one year. But outside of that, other two teams are bottom dwellers, you know? I guess so. Um, <laughs> for me, it's Rams. Minus two and a half. Again, that number three is the one you got to worry about. If you're under that, it's basically a pick in my mind. One game a week is probably going to end by less than three. You just hope it's not yours. Uh, Sean McVay, enough said. Titans and Browns, what do you got? Minus five for the Browns. Yeah, I got minus five. I got the Browns covering that. Their offense looks legit. Uh, the Titans have so many question marks. They have a good defense, but... Who knows what's going to be going on with that offense if Ryan Tannehill is maybe the best quarterback on the roster and he's not even a starter with the questions they have at Marcus Mariota. So Browns minus five to roll week one. I'm going to go Titans here. I I think the Browns will win the game, but Titans to cover. Uh, People are sleeping on the Titans a little bit. Like you said, they got a great defense. I think they've been a nine-win team for like four years in a row. That's pretty disrespectful for a nine-win team to be a five-point dog to a team that's won eight games in the last 11 years. That they is were true. all last year. Um, I, I do think the Browns will be good this year, but I think it's going to take them a few days to start clicking or a few weeks to start clicking. A lot of teams with a brand-new offense. It takes a little while to get going. Give me the Browns yeah. to win, Titans to win. Yeah, I'm buying what the Browns are selling this offseason, though. So <laughs> that, That's your next team to add to your bandwagon? Yeah, you know, who knows? I do, I do like me some Baker, but... All righty. Well, I'll take us away, I guess, with Redskins at Eagles. So I do have to give a little shout-out to my boy Darius Geist, but I don't know how that team's going to look. I, I think I'm going to roll Eagles here. Expect Geist to have a good season, but eh, eh, not saying a whole lot for the Redskins. So Eagles oh. just look like they're ready to put it all together. Went maybe healthy for the first time ever. Redskins got a lot of question marks. Give me the Eagles at 10. Yeah, I like the Eagles at 10, too. Usually I'm not a fan of spreads this big. Double-digit spreads in the the NFL are kind of a sucker's bet, in my opinion, but I like the Eagles here. Um, Listen to the Redskins wide receiver depth chart. Paul Richardson, Terry McLaurin, and Trey Quinn, and Case Keenum is throwing them the football. Eagles minus 10. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, and that's said there. Uh, Bengals and Seahawks. You want to start us off at nine and a half for the Seahawks the last two weeks? Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I'll take I'll take the Bengals actually at plus nine and a half here. Seahawks are a running team, you know, slow, methodical, 
more low scoring team, generally speaking. Obviously, Russell's proven to be a top probably five quarterback in the NFL, but with Doug Baldwin leaving and DK Metcalf coming in, maybe that's a better long term play, but big downgrade at wide receiver one, at least to start the season. And Tyler Lockett obviously had a sensational season last year. Nothing against the Seahawks. I like the Seahawks to win this game, but. Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals always seem to start the season pretty good and always have a scratch in their head asking if they're a playoff team and then fall apart. I expect them to at least put up a fight against Seattle here and cover the nine and a half points. That's all I'm asking from you, Red Rocket. Just cover nine and a half, Andy Dalton. That's it. Yeah, give me the Red Rocket, too. Uh, I think the Seahawks get a little skewed because they were <laughs> such a dominant team probably the last five years, but... Last two or three years, they've been good, but they're not the same team. Like you said, some question marks at wide receiver. Not not that they're bad, but they're losing one of their top players. Uh, Bengals got some studs themselves. Tyler Boyd looks pretty good. Joe Mixon, uh, apparently Gio Bernard is going to be the thing. So we'll see how that works out. But Right. You know, by salary, <laughs> Gio Bernard's going to be the 10th highest paid running back this year. That's nuts. Yeah, he's about to go cover against Seattle. So Now, that's not basically based on guaranteed money, but it's based on salary. If he plays the whole year, he's going to make the 10th most money out of any running back. That's crazy. All right. Um, you can take uh, Giants and Cowboys. Giants at Cowboys. Cowboys minus seven and a half. I look for the Cowboys to cover that seven and a half. Zeke is hungry and wants to be fed after that whole offseason when he couldn't eat because the Cowboys were starving him. Dak wants to show he's worth $40 million a year. Blech, obviously, that's not true. But with everything put together, the Cowboys defense looking as good as it did last year with Leighton Vanderesh, Jalen Smith, Demarcus Lawrence. I like the Cowboys here. And seven and a half to a team that everybody thinks is going to be competing for a top five pick this year. Um, and the Giants, I, I like the Cowboys here at, to cover. Yeah, I, I just hate that number seven and a half. Cowboys, Zeke's apparently been in Cabo training. You know what that means. He's been jogging a mile on the beach and drinking margaritas all afternoon. But <laughs> Dak wanting $40 million a year. I'd maybe give him a pack of Skittles and tell him he can keep playing. But $40 million is a lot for that guy. The, the, the Giants are just awful. I mean, they still want to start Eli Manning. He's 60 years old now and hasn't thrown a pass that's good in three years. Until they can move on from the dinosaur, I'm rolling Cowboys seven and a half. Only makes sense. Um, Niners at Bucks. So I guess I can start this one. That's an interesting one to me. The even, the last we saw the line. I'm, maybe I'm the bandwagon fan, but I'm kind of liking Kyle Shanahan. He seems to be able to get things done. You look at the team last year, they weren't great, but he kept himself in a lot of games against a lot of good teams. He just found ways to manufacture offense no matter what happened. He signs a running back, he goes down, his QB goes down. He just I mean, he just makes things happen. I think they got a healthy team finally besides McKinnon, but I think this will be a shootout, but I think the, the Niners are just a better coach team. Yeah, so I've – this is a pick obviously, so you're just picking basically whoever you think is going to – win really when it comes down to it uh i think the buccaneers are going to win this game they've got the home field advantage bruce arians i think is a better coach than kyle shanahan i think you're drinking the kyle shanahan kool-aid a little early there jared uh kyle shanahan remember blew the super bowl for the uh, against the new england patriots i think it was in 2015 uh when he just got super conservative and couldn't figure out how to keep his 
team working and making positive yardage, even though they were up 28 to three. Uh, I'm not loving the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo, they got a lot in on some guy who doesn't have a lot on his resume. You were smacking around Jacoby Brissett for not having much to show for. Jimmy Garoppolo is similar for me. Um, I think he's a slight step up from Jacoby Brissett, but 49ers have a lot to prove. They're a young team. Uh, I like the Bucks here, actually, because I don't see anybody stopping the Bruce Arians-led uh, Buccaneers offense. All right. I guess that gets us to our final game now, the Monday night game. Broncos at Raiders. So uh, we originally had this even, and then Antonio Brown, I guess, I don't know, some more high school drama. Now he's suspended for getting mad and stuff. So line has shifted to Broncos minus two the last we've seen. I think I'm still going to roll with the Broncos. I think the Raiders, they'll probably be good for fantasy purposes when AB does stay on the field. But, boy, that team is – you got Gruden who kicks everybody off the team for draft picks and he trades all his draft picks to get old people back on the team. Like, I, I think that's just a guy gone mad who's just doing anything he can to try to prove that he's a good coach. Um, I, I don't love it either way, but I'd dig Broncos if I had to. Yeah, I like the Broncos big time, actually, on this one as well. Um, this was maybe one of my locks of the week, but the line did move, like you said, to the minus two from the pick Here's the thing. The Broncos just got Joe Flacco, so they got an upgraded quarterback. They're going to have Emmanuel Sanders back, Cortland Sutton in his second year. They've got a good backfield in Royce Freeman and Phillip Lindsay. I don't even know if Antonio Brown is going to be playing week one. So... Who is who's Derek Carr going to be throwing the football to? We thought Derek Carr was an average at best quarterback when he had Amari Cooper to throw the ball to. Now, if Antonio Brown isn't on the team, what is Derek Carr going to look like? Like, I have, I just, I can't see a way that the Raiders are functioning team and are able to put it together. I like the Broncos minus two there, even though they are on the road. But I think that's a, a pretty favorable matchup there. But that's it. That's the rapid fire that covers every single game. So if you're listening and you needed to get something on a single game hopefully we got you what you were looking for but do not leave us yet we got our favorite segment my personal favorite segment coming up here and that is the parlay so jared and i have each selected are you really playing if you're not parlaying exactly exactly we've each selected a parlay we all know the most fun thing to do in all of sports betting is to put together a crazy parlay and figure out a way to Make yourself look like a genius. So I'll start us right off here, Jared. I've got a three-leg parlay that if you bet a dollar on, you get $10 and some change. The Jets minus three, like I said earlier, one of my locks. The over-under on that game, which is which is 40, I like the over. And then also Pittsburgh at plus 200 straight up as underdogs over the Patriots. So I'll run that back for you. Jets minus three. And in that same game, them to cover the over at 40 and Pittsburgh at plus 200 to beat the Patriots. I said it earlier. I think Pittsburgh is, could start the year hot. The Patriots always start the year a little slow. Plus 200 is very generous for a Pittsburgh team, which I think is going to be a playoff team this year in any game this year, um, let alone an early game against a, a Patriots team who usually struggles early. The over that I'd like to hit is the second lowest over under in the entire 
week this week. So I like the over to hit there. And then the Jets minus three. I don't have to explain that anymore because we already did earlier. I just like that game. I like the over to cover and I like Pittsburgh's chances. So you put all that together, you get yourself a 10 times multiplier. And I think all of those have a pretty good chance of hitting. All right. Well, on to my parlay. I, that is interesting with the Steelers a plus 200, though. That does seem like good value for them. I know, doesn't it? When they're like, I, I don't know about most people, but I expect the Steelers to be a playoff team at the very worst in the heat of the playoff race. So to be, you know, double your money up on a playoff team just to win a week one game, it's not even like a lot's riding on it. Like the New England Patriots really need to win. That's a, to me, I like that value there. Yep. So my parlay is a four game. I don't have any crazy underdogs, but it's a four game. Uh, $1 wins you eleven seventy six. And come on, we can bet more than a dollar. Put five on it and win 60 or 58. Um, the first game, Rams and Panthers. I have going over 49 and a half. I, it depends on the website you're looking at, but the spreads or the totals right around 50, 49 and a half. Um, both of these are high powered offenses. I know the Rams sometimes have good defenses, sometimes they don't. I just think that's going to be a shootout. 50 doesn't seem too hard for those offenses. I, I expect both of them to get in the high 20s, low 30s, will easily put you over. Uh, next is a 4 o'clock game, my, one of my lock of the week, Chargers and Colts. I got the Chargers covering at 6.5. Uh, 20 minutes before the next two games, so if you hit those two and you're sitting with clenched cheeks on the couch waiting for your 11-1 to return, 49ers and Bucks over 50 and a half. I mean, I feel like every time the Buccaneers play, it's 45 to 42. So whether you're on the Shanahan Kool-Aid or not, both those teams can score. 50 to 50, 25 apiece, I can easily see. Uh, and then last, it just brings me to my lock of the week with the Lions at two and a half. So to run that down again, you got the Rams and Panthers over 49 and a half. Chargers to cover six and a half with the Colts. Uh, the 49ers over 15 and a half against the Bucks, and then you get the Lions covering two and a half at the Cardinals. I like that. That's pretty strong outside of the Chargers Colts. You know, I like the Colts a little bit on that one, but the, the rest of it seems pretty legit. Yeah. I mean, you, know, you said Brissett's so good. Good thing with uh, Sean in the plan last year, he would have lost the first game by 40, probably. <laughs> okay. All right. 13 instead of 40. All right, we'll um, see. I think next week we'll run these picks back, and we'll see. So uh, we'll we'll start keeping track of these and update you guys next week. So thank you for your time here at uh, here with us, and we will try to do better next week, as we always should do better. I'm Adam, and I am Jared, and here we together. At, uh, yeah, at, at odds. They were talking over one another. We both wanted to say it. But, all right, that's about all I got. You got anything else, Jared? Uh, no, that's it with me. Thank you guys for your time, and we'll see you next week. Cool. Good luck betting this weekend. Good luck, everybody.